0: I just want to start this podcast and video off by saying thank you to Mr. Debo Samuel for your heroics. I think he might have had all six of his receptions in 73 yards, if not all of them, then he had like four of his receptions in like 60-something yards in the fourth quarter alone last night because of that. More than likely, if not, you're probably going to see me on the Thursday Showdown video started off with tears in my eyes, crying, pounding the table. More than likely is going to get me into the fantasy playoffs for my main home league with my buddies from high school and a bunch of people where we've been doing this for close to 10 years. It's probably eight years. Maybe it is 10 years. I haven't missed the playoffs yet. It would have been a sin if I missed the playoffs this year, honestly. And Debo Samuel, he had to outscore in the second half. Basically, he was, I was up by one going into the second half. The opponent had Steph Diggs. I had Debo Samuel. I had a zero in my lineup from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's stomach issues that they don't tell us about. So it was a sweat, yes. And on that final drive when I'm down four, Debo Samuel has these two catches. It was fantastic. One's on a screenplay for like 30 yards. So the only way I lose is if Ezekiel Elliott goes for 40 fantasy points or 37 to be exact. So it's a PPR format. It could happen. Crazier things have happened. 200 plus total yards, multiple touchdowns. Let's just fingers crossed, fingers crossed here. It doesn't happen, but what a great way to start it off. What a great way to end last night's late with the Jordan Reed touchdown to end the game with like 40 seconds left. Jordan Reed, me having 48% of him also having a good amount of Logan Thomas, about 30% ended up coming in under weight on Eric Ebron, who had himself three drops, also a decent performance, but his three drops really cost him as well. So yes, Jordan Reed gets us there, ending up profiting over last night on DraftKings on Draft. So be sure, be sure, be sure, if you're here right now to prepare yourself for the schmacking that's coming because we're feeling good. We're dripping right now with confidence that hopefully Ezekiel Elliott, again, doesn't crush it, but we're dripping right now with confidence. If you just found me right here, this is going to be your first time viewing Sal Vetri, the experience that you're going to be getting here, the showdown slate, because you said, you know what? Hey, I got to go try something new. All these other guys, all these other jabronis that are 40 and 50 year olds and dusty. And don't worry, I'm not talking about you, the viewer, if you're in that age group. It's not every single person, but we know these fantasy analysts, the one in the industry that just say the same stuff regurgitate the same exact stuff have no energy when they're speaking right they're 40 and 50 year olds complaining about 30 to 32 year old men calling them dusty meanwhile they're looking at themselves in the mirror and they're kind of looking like they could use a little bit of a dust off you know what i'm talking about you hear right now you're getting a fresh face and we'll be doing these little showdown videos and smack you with all the information you need for every single person in a nice quick digestible manner so what we're going to do here is go and based on salary every single player i'll give you a little bit of a breakdown i have now projections i have rankings i have all of these things over on my my Patreon link down below. Ownership projections will be out. Superdraft projections as well, who is the presenting sponsor of the show. If you're not familiar with Superdraft, it's a multiplier format. And I'll give you the quickest of crash courses. Lamar Jackson has a one X multiplier tonight. If Lamar Jackson goes out there and scores, let's say 21 fantasy points, multiply that by his one X, he gets 21 fantasy points. But, but, but in a big old booty, you have Amari Cooper in here with a 1.5 X multiplier. If Amari Cooper goes and scores, say 20 fantasy points, that's less than Lamar, right? But he has a 1.5 X multiplier. You multiply it by that. He has 35 fantasy points. He's blowing Lamar out of the water. So to multiplier based, I have projections again on Patreon. You can follow down below if you want to for that. And if you use my name, Sal, upon your first deposit, they will give you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollars in a slow drip format. A lot of people are winning last night in the discord alone. If I tune in right here last night in the discord alone, somebody ended up winning. Let's see uh, over $3,000 again. And this person who won $3,000 has won a couple other times in there. I think a $4,500 winner, a $5,500 winner. We've had somebody in the discord win $25,000 Ruskies, Kevin individually reached out to me, $35,000 overall now from starting at $100 so that's simple somebody started at $10 each out to me they're already up to $7,000 within the past couple of weeks on Superdraft just easier competition over there that's basically it and if you have projections you're facing easier competition with even more of an edge but you're going to be in a good spot check it out the proud sponsor of the show Superdraft linked down below like and subscribe as we get into this bad boy and let's start off with Lamar Jackson let's give you all the information that you need to know right now to get yourself a little bit of a schmacking going on here so Lamar returning in this one officially now although some Ravens are not like Mark Andrews and, and likely not Willie Snead. I think today is now nine days. You need to be at least 10 days until you can come back, right, and actually play in a game. Lamar Jackson is just going to be able to pass that. You're not going to have probably Willie Sneed or Mark Andrews pass that. But Again, we'll see later today on Willie Sneed. Mark Andrews also has diabetes, which is an at-risk thing. Now, he's one of the most healthy person you can imagine with diabetes and the type that he has to actually be able to fight off this type of a thing, but still a high-risk type of thing. Maybe it even keeps him out an extended week, but he's just not in that threshold to actually return yet. Lamar Jackson is going to have a negative 23% pass blocking advantage, and that's pretty worrisome because this is a terrible pass rush for Dallas. They rank 28. So that just tells you all you need to know about the protection that Lamar Jackson is getting this year. Now he's throwing 28 times per game. He's only having 195 passing yards per game. He's been off this year, attempting just 3.3 deep attempts per game. It's 7.1 yards per attempt is not great, but the upside in Lamar Jackson is one. He's relatively cheap on this league. normally. And because this is not the same Lamar Jackson's last year, he was 13,000, 13,500. Now you're getting him at his 11,600. And if you know my content and you watch my content, and if not, again, welcome round of applause to you found me, you found me, you haven't yourself a good time now and you you got the person that you need to to, to plug you with all the information. I'm the information plug. That's what I am. We might as well put that on some new t shirts. New t-shirts my brother's adding them to the store today. We got a bunch of designs probably 20 plus they're gonna be coming out perfectly in time for your holiday season whatever you're celebrating Kwanzaa, Christmas, whatever you're celebrating out there, the Hanukkah peoples, all you people out there, get whatever you need. The t shirts are coming. But he's getting 57.5 rushing yards per game. That's second only to Kyler Murray out of all quarterbacks. So that's where the upside comes in, right? If Lamar in this matchup against Dallas that has no pass rush, that is not that great at tackling and just in general still Secondary and suspect defense. Now the secondary is going to be getting a little bit better since like that first month of the season, but still very bad. If you're going to be having Lamar Jackson run for 60 to 70 yards, it's a lot of upside at that point when you factor in also that his volume is probably going to be 25 plus pass attempts. So Lamar for me is going to be a yes early on, and that really shouldn't shock anybody when you have a 26.75 team implied total and your quarterback has mobility and he's not that expensive. And then when we start to get into the slate, you'll see that it's also just the other options that you have up here. We get right to Ezekiel Elliott. Who there's four guys or three guys at $10,000 or above only two above that one being Lamar the other one being Ezekiel Elliott and you do get a nice price discount from Lamar to Zeke but you don't get anywhere near as much security in terms of a floor and ceiling now Zeke has a minus 27 run blocking advantage they just put Zach Martin the only guy left on this offensive line of guys who have retired guys who have early on in the season gotten hurt Tyron Smith Lyle Collins some of the best offensive linemen in the NFL right center Travis Fredericks retires they're losing everybody now with Zach Martin also going down they got a bunch of backups undrafted players two undrafted players on there two other rookies on there so a negative 27 percent run blocking advantage for Zeke in this one against the Ravens, who are not good number 22 run defense. But again, not that great of a line for the Cowboys today. Now, Zeke is top 10 in red zone touches. He's number six in total opportunity share, having 16 and a half attempts per game, top five in the NFL, and five targets per game as a running back. That's also top five in the NFL. Number eight, innovative tackle. Zeke has been playing well this year. He has. Now, his fantasy point performances, you're going to see over the last six weeks, he only has one in there that's really going to ever pay off this price tag, right? That one two weeks ago when he scores 20 plus fantasy points. His Thanksgiving Day, everybody's going to be sour because that was terrible. Again, a lot of this has to do with offensive line how often he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage how often he's seeing eight men in a box especially when it wasn't Andy Dalton at the quarterback position but the concern for me is that look this offensive line is still bad and just got worse with Zach Martin now out Zeke at this price point I'm going to suspect somewhere around 16 plus opportunities but you also have to keep in mind those opportunities including his targets you have to also keep in mind that they're going to be coming into this one as eight and a half point underdogs how often are they going to be in the red zone when they're projected for less than 18 and a half total points so Zeke is not going to be out of play for me because we do think that he has that two touchdown upside which again usually puts any player in play on a showdown slate but this price tag of ten thousand two hundred dollars i would say is a little bit surprising to me i was going to be expecting probably something in the mid to low 9k range so zeke at this price tag the value compared to what lamar jackson's price is going to be for his fantasy point projection just not going to be there for me right now now next up we get to andy dalton and i was surprised to see andy dalton at ten thousand now normally on showdown slates quarterbacks do hit this five-figure price range but usually they're going to be good quarterbacks right decent implied total mobility so i was expecting maybe andy dalton at ninety five hundred dollars Andy Dalton has not been all that great this year. So it's difficult to judge his per game stats because he's coming to a couple of games early, left a couple of games early. He's only played three fully total health of games this year, right? But he has a negative 33% pass blocking advantage against the number 28 pass rush in Baltimore. So these are a couple of terrible offensive lines in this game going up against a couple of terrible pass rushes. His offensive line has protected him when he's back there, the 20th best in the NFL this year. So not great. In his three games this year, 54 pass attempts when they were getting blown out by Arizona in his first full start. Again, he came in in relief the week before that against the Giants. But in his three full starts, 54 attempts 32 and 35 attempts and he's averaging only 228 yards per game does have five touchdown passes in those three games though not great right if you get two in this game and only 228 yards you're probably not paying off this salary so there's low upside here any dalton for me again since he is a quarterback on the slate i'm not going to be putting him as a no but out of the three guys we talked about so far if you're building and trying to cater this to not only people like myself who play 150 lineups but also people like myself who play single entry three max just one to five lineups i would probably choose lamar zeke and dalton in that order of the pricing i am a little bit worried on Andy Dalton right now in his pricing. Again, facing this secondary of Baltimore where Jimmy Smith is getting healthier. Mauler Humphrey is still playing as good as you possibly can. Jimmy Smith, when he is healthy, playing very well. Marcus Peters having a, a, a down year for Marcus Peters, but still an above average year at the cornerback position. That is a concern. Chuck Clark is playing fantastic. Patrick Queen, linebacker, is playing very well as well. One of the rookie of the year candidates on defense if Chase Young did not exist on this planet. So Andy Dalton for me is, again, a little bit overpriced, especially for what you can get for just finding that extra 1600 to get to Lamar. And on this slate, this slate, you're going to find all the money in the World, when we get down to the cheapies on the bottom. Next up is Amari Cooper. He'll actually have a positive 16% matchup against Marcus Peters, who he does have 15 pounds on, according to Pro Football Focus. Amari's been good this year. He's been good also with Andy Dalton. He's been the one stable piece with Andy Dalton this year. He has a 22% target share on nine targets per game. He's playing out of the slot 21% of the time. He's number 14 in yards after the catch. And let's just look at what Amari's been doing since basically he's had Andy Dalton as his quarterback. Now, obviously, we know what he was doing with Dak. He was arguably the wide receiver one in fantasy before Dak went down. But with him having himself, Andy Dalton, as his quarterback, in his first start with him, he had 20.9 fantasy points. A top eight wide receiver that week, seven catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. And Andy Dalton gets hurt week seven, but he still puts up production that week, seven catches for 80 yards, a decent performance as well. Then Andy Dalton comes back from injury in week 11 against Minnesota. Amari goes for six for 81 on seven targets, 14.1 fantasy points. His floor with Andy Dalton has been basically 14 fantasy points. And then you get the Thanksgiving game, which was fantastic. He was our that one dude on Thanksgiving. You get him to go for six catches, 112 yards, the big touchdown as well. So a couple of times, also, if you include the bonus on the Thanksgiving game over 26 fantasy points. So a couple times him going over 21 fantasy points. And in his four starts with him, nothing lower than 14 fantasy points. Amari Cooper is the one floor piece in this offense with Andy Dalton being in it, but he's priced for it at $9,600. I don't think that Amari Cooper is underpriced. I don't think that he's overpriced. He's probably appropriately priced. Maybe if he was like $200 less, it would be more appropriate. But based on this slate, I do think that he's fairly priced at this point. He has five plus receptions in three straight games and five plus targets in every game this year, but one. So Amari Cooper relative to some of these other guys up here is going to be a yes. Meaning that I do prefer Amari to Andy Dalton to Ezekiel Elliott when you factor in the price tag now getting down to JK Dobbins who did not play in the last game him and Ingram were eligible based on it was like the exact day that they can come off the COVID list but they did not take the risk on playing them they did travel with the team on a separate plane but now JK Dobbins is $8,600 and we know why look you just have to look back a little bit now he's gonna have a negative 5% run blocking advantage against Dallas's number 27 run defense so still a decent spot but he's going to project out and DraftKings is pricing him as if he is the RB1 on this team because the last time that we saw him we got as a rookie a season but also career high 17 touches in week Eleven. 16 and a half fantasy points. He finished as the RB8 that week. He also saw three red zone touches that week as well. And, and not only was J.K. Dobbins balling out as the the every touch king, well, not every touch, you saw Gus Edwards getting touches, but they had Mark Ingram those weeks, that exact week where he saw seven touches, 17 touches, only seeing for Mark Ingram 8% of the snaps. The week before that, Mark Ingram only 28% of the snaps. Mark Ingram is very quietly coming out of this offense. Mark Ingram only got like two snaps, two touches in that week 11 game where you saw all the usage for J.K. Dobbins, and then he was done. He, he was riding the bench the rest of the game. J.K. Dobbins at $8,600. A pretty aggressive price discount off of Amari, right? This is a pretty big teardrop. You're going to see very quickly you only get one player in the 9K range, only one player in the 8, 7, and 6K range outside of the backup quarterbacks that are going to be meaningful. Early on, if you're only playing a couple of lineups, I'm going to have JK Dobbins as a no. And a peek behind the curtain on Patreon. Again, follow along down below. Projections, rankings, a bunch of stuff. Ownership projections will be out later today for not only this slate. We had it for the two game slate yesterday. Love we'll it for the Thursday slate as well. well. have it for the main slate this weekend. I cannot wait for the Christmas slate. That's a showdown slate on Christmas, a three game slate on Saturday. We're going to have a ton of information for you. And also, and also keep in mind, the NBA is starting up right now, exactly, I believe two weeks from today, if I'm not mistaken. So even more projections and stuff for that as well. Check it out down below patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Vetchy underscore. I have right now JK Dobbins projected for 11 and a half fantasy points. Now as an eight and a half point favorite, this is very nice. But JK Dobbins on the season only has two goal line carries. Gus Edwards has actually been the goal line back. Mark Ingram also has more goal line touches. So JK Dobbins is going to be more involved in the passing game, which is good to see. But is it enough, right? Is it enough if JK Dobbins at this price point has 14 carries for 80 yards, very good day on the ground, but then only two receptions for like 20 yards, right? Is that going to be enough for you? Like an 11 and a half, 12 12.4 performance to pay off this price tag. I personally am saying no right now. Now if you're playing a lot of lineups, get to him. But if you're playing like one to two to three to five lineups, 10, maybe even I'm probably not getting it. JK damage right now is my third worst value play in the entire slate factoring in everybody's price tag. Next up, you get a priced up Hollywood Brown after he goes off with Trace McSorley and kind of a, a luck box touchdown, right? You ended up seeing the end of that game. Shout out Trace, shout out Penn State on the shirt right now. Love myself some Trace McSorley was wishing that he actually got the start today. If Lamar was not going to return, you get a Positive 12% matchup against Jordan Lewis in the slot, where Hollywood Brown is playing a lot more this season in the slot. A 23% target share on six targets per game, and he's number six in the NFL in his team's air yard market share to this point, and he's number four in the NFL in deep targets. Those are targets of 20 plus yards. There has not been a better matchup this year for Hollywood Brown, where his quarterback, who has been struggling a lot, Lamar, coming into this game cold, will now have again his best matchup of the entire season in terms of secondary play, in terms of being able to actually roast some players. So $7,200 is more than a fair price tag, especially when you consider some of the guys guys above him that are egregiously priced like jk dobbins like potentially andy dalton not egregiously priced but overpriced dalton and zeke so hollywood brown's gonna be in play for me I'll just let you know that he is close to a yes, but his projection isn't great enough to get him to a yes yet. C.D. Lamb for $600 less is in a very similar situation to, for me, Marquise Brown. C.D. Lamb's going to have a brutal matchup, but he's consistently seeing volume. A negative 14% matchup against Marlon Humphries, who allows a 69% catch rate this year. Lamb's averaging seven targets per game. He's ran the second most routes out of the slot and played the second most snaps right now in the slot in the NFL. 86% of his snaps coming there five plus targets in every single game and four plus receptions in four straight. He's just very consistent CD lamb. Marquise Brown and CD lamb, I think is going to be that range that ends up winning you the slate, either both of them or one of them. I like Hollywood Brown's upside and matchup a lot more. So I lean to go there early on if you're just playing a few lineups, but I like both of them. I'm probably gonna have a good amount of both. Now $5,800 defense is not all that expensive, but it's probably not something I'm paying for when it's not a good defense. He said it's not a good defense. Their secondary has a lot of talent, right? Patrick Queen, the rookie has been very good. A top three defensive player so far on defense as a rookie this year. But overall, the unit is not that great. I mean, that's partially, Lamar playing bad is partially why they're not doing well. Having all these COVID problems is also partially why, but just in general, their defense has not been good. They rank 20th overall right now, 22nd versus the run, 28th in pass rush, 26th in tackling. Those are all bad numbers. Now, 12th in coverage is obviously good, but you suspect that when you have Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, Marlon Humphreys, Chuck Clark, all these guys, right? So the uh, Ravens defense of $5,800 personally for me is not something that I'm going to end up getting to all that much of it. I think they might be, are they one of my worst? Yeah. So the Ravens defense right now are my fourth worst value on the slate right now. I have the Ravens defense at $5,800 projected out for eight fantasy points flat. That's not great on super draft, there's no defenses on super draft, which is another reason why I like them. You don't have to worry about these damn stupid like fumble recoveries at the end of the games or pick six to end of the games or punt return touchdowns costing you a lot of money, just a random events. Super draft knows what they're doing. Another reason why, again, I like them because I've been buying and signing petitions, not really, but I would uh, for defenses to get out of DraftKings. If you play FanDuel there as well, it's just the most random position. I hate it, I don't want it. So super draft, nice way to not have to sweat some random stuff happening on defenses that has no way to actually be projected, and then it just comes down to luck. We talked about how Mark Ingram wasn't being used. I suspect he returns tonight as well. If $5,600. He might be the worst price player on the slate. Look, he missed week 12, but he only had 29% of the snaps in week 10. And then in week 11, he only gets 8% of the snaps. He was not hurt. This is just them saying, JK Dobbins, we're passing the torch to you. And he was also running as the running back three behind even Gus Edwards that week. I'm projecting him to be the running back three this week. Only two attempts in week 11. The week before that, he only had like five. I have no interest in Mark him right now. I don't think that they're going to ramp up his production. Even if they did give him like six touches, he's been pretty terrible. Right now, Mark Ingram for me is the worst value play on the entire slate. As we keep going down now, we start to get to some of these players that become interesting. Not yet exactly though, but we start to get there. Gus Edwards, who ended up being the RB1 slash RB2 with Justice Hill in that last game. RIP Justice Hill. I don't think he's going to be involved in this one as long as we do indeed get Dobbins and Ingram back like we suspect and like the reports are saying. But in that last game, he didn't do anything. We're not known to, he's not known to be a pass catcher running back as, as we kind of explained his college production never being that. We said it was going to be Justice Hill and it was. So put one in the books for us on that one. But nine attempts for 10 carries and a touchdown in that game. He vultures a touchdown. The only reason he stays relevant. He's seen eight and a half attempts per game and 35 yards per game this year. Look, $5,400. I think this was a hedge just in case you didn't get Ingram and Dobbins back. He's way too expensive here at this price point. If he's going to be operating as the RB2 slash RB3 this year, very sneakily, he does have seven goal line attempts, which is number 12 in the NFL, but a lot of that was condensed into one or two games. I'm not going to have any interest in Gus Edwards right now, which means that if I had to pick a Baltimore Ravens running back, it would be JK Dobbins for the upside. But right now at their price points, I don't really have all that much interest in any of that. Dalton Schultz is a fair price point of $5,200. It's very appropriate for what he's been doing this year. Dalton Schultz has been very quietly one of the the best fantasy tight ends in terms of consistency. It's not hard to do that as long as you're half consistent in the NFL. Look, he has a bad matchup against Chuck Clark, who's been very good against tight ends, allowing just 0. 0.51 yards per cover. So that's not encouraging, but you're getting a 15% target share on six targets per game. That's number seven in the NFL. He's running 35% of his snaps out of the slot right now. And well, that's actually going to end up being number two in the NFL for tight ends. So very good usage, very quietly. He's top five in tight end receptions, and he's had four plus catches in five straight games as a tight end. Look, four plus catches for a tight end in five straight games with a decent average depth of target. You're basically averaging eight or more fantasy points per game. And he's seen the touchdown upside. So Dalton Schultz, he's not a slam dunk. Yes for me, but he's definitely in play for me. Let me see what he looks like over on Superdraft. Dalton Schultz on Superdraft. Yeah. He's kind of in that second tier of options of like, you have these three top end options we can talk about in a second. If you stay tuned for some more Superdraft hints, promo code Sal, my name gets you that free money bonus up to a thousand dollar rooskies. but he's in that secondary option of like not one of the three best options, but then there's like five guys in the second bucket and he's one of them. Michael Gallup, $4,400. Look, Michael Gallup has been disappointing this year. And if Jimmy Smith is back and healthy, they'll probably see a lot of him. Their size comparisons Probably match up a good amount, which is not a good matchup. Minus twenty seven percent, according to Pro Football Focus. Jimmy Smith this year has been fantastic when healthy, allowing just 0.38 yards per cover. He's getting back to that peak Jimmy Smith form from like two years ago. Gallup this year has been targeted, especially by Andy Dalton. You're getting for fifteen percent target share on six point two targets per game, but lately five plus targets in four straight games, and eight for sixty and zero touchdowns on thirteen targets in his last two games. So I mean, the eight for sixty is not great, but he's getting the targets. They're just not connecting downfield right now. But with that being in play at forty four hundred dollars, if a guy is going to see in this game six to seven targets, two to three of them, 20 plus yards downfield. It is a very difficult matchup. I do not think he's a slam dunk, but getting that much downfield volume is very hard to ignore. Michael Gallup remains in play. Let's scroll down now as we start to get to the kickers and we start to get to a mecca of value range down here. Wide receivers that are going up against one of the worst secondaries, but they have a very bad passing offense, but all of them are dirt cheap and all of them project out very nice for their price points for me. Now, as we get down here, please do hit that like and subscribe button. I appreciate that a ton. And if you want to support the channel, if you want to follow along with the projections rankings of this slate and many more, down below, my Patreon, one man band here if you want to support me, patreon.com backslash Sal underscore Betrie underscore. Head over to the Instagram and Twitter that you can see on the screen on the YouTube version, Twitter at SalVetriDFS instagram sal underscore vetri gonna post some more instagram content pretty soon uh in the story aspect maybe do some more vlogs we've been doing vlogs on youtube i haven't done one in like a month month and a half with the holiday season and some personal life stuff getting in the way not really in the way but just trying to uh, keep in touch with a lot of other stuff Uh, mentally that's what i've got this book the daily stoic as well trying to read a lot of stuff about all this stuff you know it's nice for the mind it's nice to keep you all there it's nice to keep you grounded in situations where uh a pandemic and a lot of things preventing you from seeing some people that you love family and friends you're a little bit of a serpent here And when you can't do that you got to ground yourself you got to make sure that you overthink some things. So when you're in times where you, you don't have anything to do, you just sit in there instead of going in your own thoughts, you might as well educate yourself, whether it's in finances on books, whether it's in health with your diet, or in this one right now, this is just more so learning about I don't even really, even really know the topic of stoic stoicism. I just read still and Suzuki a very good book, but you're not here for that. But there's there's a little uh, natural plug, although we weren't really trying to for these other books. If you have any questions on that, though, I do have a tweet pinned up in my profile. If you are somebody that's dealing with any mental health issues or anything like that, or just not feeling yourself as late, just reach out to me. I, I ended up opening up my DMS just because suicide rates in this country are just absolutely brutal so if you're somewhere out there right now that's just touching you or a friend or anything like that even if it's just sending a message i know that i'm a stranger but if it's just sending a message uh, i say in that tweet that basically communication is a damn superpower and it's very underrated and underappreciated so feel free to send a message through now don't be sending your message through a start this guy or that guy i'm not going to answer that but if you have a serious problem going on or just need some help or just somebody to talk to uh, feel free to reach out so there's a plug for that as well hopefully you are all doing well out there. We're now in the range where the kickers are, and the kickers are fine to get to, as always, Justin Tucker, best kicker on the slate. Greg on right? Justin Tucker with his team total and how often his team is stalling in the red zone. You can go ahead and get to him. I think both of them are fine in a lower total game, as this one is going to be relatively lower total, right? You're going to be in in the low to mid forties, around 45. Both kickers, you could see ending up in a winning lineup, but since there's so much value on the slate, I think I'm going to set a rule to get no more than one, right? We're about to get to all that value below 3,000, really below $2,000. There's no way when there's a couple of guys like $1,000 that project out better or similar to kickers that I really want to be taking a risk on trying to put two kickers in my lineup. I usually never do. And I don't think that it's going to be all that viable on this slate. Next up, we have the Cowboys defense. And for similar reasons as to why I don't want to play kicker, I'm probably not going to play the Cowboys defense. They're appropriately priced in this one. Lamar Jackson has been struggling in this one, but they do rank 29th overall. They're 27th versus the run. They're 28th in coverage. They're not that great overall. Their pressure rate is average like 14th right now. So I don't want to be getting there again when guys that are half the price are projecting out for more fantasy points. So I'm personally not going to get to either defense, uh, probably any large Quantity on this slate, but I probably, if you're playing one to 10 lineups, wouldn't get to them at all. So now we start to get to the nice value where a lot of these guys are in play. So it starts with Tony Pollard at 2,600. He had six week 12 touches for 22 yards and two receptions. He's now seen 4.2 or more fantasy points in four straight games and five plus fantasy points in six of his last eight games. That's actually pretty powerful because he is cheap. If you're getting six or seven fantasy points in this one, like he's basically done right now in 75% of his games over the last two months. If you get that at this price point, I do think there's guys below him that could do better, but that's definitely projecting out better than a kicker. And that's going to. Or similar to a kicker, and he's going to be cheaper. He averages 5.2 yards per touch, which is top 20 in the NFL, and he's top 10 in true yards per carry. He's been very good on a per touch basis, and a smaller sample right now. He's number six in yards created per touch. He's going to be in play for me. Now he's not anywhere near my favorite value because there's so many on this slate. Luke Wilson at $1,800. Luke Wilson makes his debut in Week 12. Mark Andrews is still going to be out. Nick Boyle is going to be on IR with a knee injury. So Luke Wilson comes off the practice squad, plays 83% of the snaps. Right. This is with a terrible backup quarterbacks coming in. I'm not going to say Trace is terrible, but RG3 looking bad. Trace looking, you know, small sample, six attempts. It was a seventy-yard touchdown. You can't beat it. You can't beat the kid at all. But Luke Wilson does see two targets. One of them, he was open in the end zone, and he was overthrown in that game, I believe, by RG3. So he could add a touchdown, which would have made his price probably closer to the two to three thousand dollars range. He ran fourteen routes in the game. You can suspect probably similar usage this week, except with a better quarterback. Luke Wilson in play at eighteen hundred dollars. Now we start to get to the very nice plays. The guys who are starting wide receivers and this cheap. It's pretty crazy that DraftKings left it this way. One of those guys' names is not Cedric Wilson at twelve hundred dollars. We have no interest there. He only ran six. Six routes in week 11 and then he was not used on thanksgiving so we have no interest there but now we start to get to these guys des Bryant at a thousand dollar rookies i like des Bryan a good amount in week 11 with lamar right week 11 with lamar four catches 28 yards on five targets 45% of the snaps good to see right he scores like seven fantasy points or so then week 12 his snaps increased with no willie sneed 61% of the snaps but only two targets no catches but again keep in mind they only threw 19 times rg3 was terribly inaccurate and so was trace just two completions on six attempts so you really can't knock many of these receivers when they only have 19 pass attempts in the the game and most of them almost half of them are not catchable passes so i do think that you're going to see des with wide receiver two to wide receiver three usage des brian a peak behind the curtain projects out for 5.8 fantasy points for me at a thousand dollars that's going to be a yes he's in play he's probably going to be the wide receiver three today probably runs somewhere around depending on how many times they throw 15 to 20 routes next up this is all assuming that willie sneed does miss which is today is nine days of being on the COVID list you have to be on it for 10 to come back based on the most recent update and my understanding so not expecting willie sneed to play devin duvernay at just eight hundred dollars doesn't make any sense. He played a season high, 87% of the snaps in the last game with no Willie Sneed. He ran 20 routes, which was the second most on the team. And now I am still projecting him to be the wide receiver too with Sneed out again on the season, just two targets per game and eight percent target share. Expect this usage with no Andrews and Willie Sneed to now probably jump up to twelve to fifteen percent of the share to maybe even see if you get five targets to six targets, twenty to twenty five percent of the share. I like Devin Duvernay. I like Devin Duvernay for two hundred dollars cheaper more and a three X multiplier on super draft. I like him more than Des Bryant, but they're both in play. Miles Boykin, not somebody I'm gonna get to. You actually saw James Proche, who I believe is a rookie, running ahead of him last week. So Miles Boykin has not really seen any usage since week nine. Proche has worked ahead of him at times. Sometimes one of them is active and the other one isn't. The last actual usage we saw out of Miles Boykin was week nine. He ran eight routes, caught one of his targets, his only target for 11 yards. No interest there. And then to finish it up with Noah Brown, he was going to be probably the wide receiver four or five with Cedric Wilson for the Cowboys. He also saw no usage in week 12. It was just the main three wide receivers for the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. In week 11, he ended up running 11 routes, caught one target for 11 yards. So right now, so far on the season, he has 13 total targets, only three in the last three games. So no interest in Noah Brown. That's what we do. We even break down the guys like Noah Brown for you. But you're gonna find value. You're gonna find value in $800 Devin Duvernay, $1,000 Des Bryant. Sal, can you play both of them in a lineup? I think you probably have more upside because they're so cheap. Like just play a one of them, right? Get a cheap price point, and then you can go up to guys that you feel a little bit more stable on. Whether it's Amari Cooper, CD Lamb, who are yes a lot more expensive, but if you play one of them, it allows you to unlock those more expensive players. So thank you so much for tuning into this one. I'm gonna edit this video and get it up for all of you today. We'll probably be live today. You know let's do another live stream. We're going to do one on Monday night. We just did now Tuesday. I'll probably go live. Let's just say we're going to go live for this one around 6 p.m. East Coast time for an hour to answer your questions. So hit that like, hit that subscribe button, getting close to 35,000 subscribers to go by the end of the year. And the notification bell will let you know when we go live later today at 6 p.m. East Coast time. Thank you so much. Support the sponsor. Of this show is Super Jeff. My name is Sal and get you that free money bonus up to a thousand dollar riskies. Join the community over on Patreon and you can just start winning more money. Follow along with the projections, rankings for this slate and many more linked down below patreon.com backslash Sal underscore vetri underscore peace out gang i appreciate you all and i'll see you later on tonight 6 p.m east coast time for the live stream to answer your questions have a great rest of your day